Thank you for hitting the download and subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. This is Steven Jensen. You're listening to the Fight Talk Podcast. Today's episode, I am joined by Brett Eisen, who is the Bone Storm Champion at Southern Underground Pro, the Subgraps Heavyweight Champion. And this is a long time coming, this podcast. You know, this is something I've wanted to do for a long time. Uh, I've spoken to Brett a few times, you know, here and there at these sub shows. And this is the first time we've been able to do the podcast. So I very much appreciate his time. I very much appreciate being able to do this and I appreciate you guys listening. Um, I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. We talk about Brett's training. We talk about his relationship with a lot of these guys that, you know, extends way beyond and way before they were even involved in pro wrestling. Uh, some of the relationships that, that Brett has with some of these guys that we're going to talk about. We talk about his upcoming match with Nick Gage that's coming up in January here at the Basement East for Subgraps. I mean, we talk about a lot of stuff. It's something you're going to really enjoy. Uh, we even talk some MMA towards the end. So if you're a fan of MMA, talk a little bit of that too. Without any further ado, kick back, relax, enjoy this episode with me and the champ, Brett Eisen, here on the Fight Talk Podcast. I'm here with Brett Eisen, who is the Southern Underground Pro Bone Storm Champion, essentially the heavyweight champion of Subgraps. Brett, what does it mean to you to hold that championship at Sub? Um, many different reasons, or many different things. Uh, for me, it was a personal goal because it's one of those things that when a company does that and puts a championship on you, it means that they trust you and they believe in you. And it's just really big confidence boost for myself to prove all the hard work I've put in for the past four years. And it, it just means a lot. Yeah, man. So you said last four years, is that when you like officially got into the wrestling business? Cause I know you've been like a fan forever. four years just because I got in the business when I was 15 and I was in and out a lot and then 2007 I was in a band and we toured a lot and then 2014 I dislocated my knee and then on like playing show and then came back a couple months after that and just started full force with wrestling and got out of music but I broke in when I was 15. I just don't like claiming 15 years and only been been in Tennessee for that long. So I only say four. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. That's actually, I, I like that you do that. Um, I so, don't want to be that 15, 40 mile vet, you know? <laughs> right. Sure, sure. Well, so like back when you were 15 and you like, you broke in like at that point before you like, you know, I know you're claiming four years, but back then, like where... Where did you train at, or were you, like, self-taught, or, like, how did you even, like, get your, kind of your feet wet back then? Um, me and Jesse and a couple of guys, we backyarded, and at the time, I was dating a girl that her cousin was dating, uh, an independent wrestler in the area, and he came out and watched one of our shows, and he picked the five that he thought had the most talent. I was one of those five, Jesse was one of the, the five, and, uh, we were trained in his front yard and we put up the ring every day, took it down every day, uh, worked outside in the sun 
dead summer. Just so it was hot and miserable. And I think Jesse actually talked about it on a recent podcast. It's like as soon as you bumped, we were all up because laying on that mat was just not an option because how hot it was. <laughs> God, I can't even imagine, dude. So this was back. So you're like around 15 years old during this time, and you're you're referencing Jesse Butler, also known as Righteous Jesse, who's one of the owners of Sup Raps. Um, what what was it like? I guess. It's it's uh it's interesting talking to you because you have like this long history with Jesse, it, like in in and outside of the ring. So it's like I'm like I don't know exactly what questions to ask because like part of me wants to know you know your personal relationship with him outside, but I also want to know about what it was like for you to wrestle each other because the two of you had one of my favorite matches in sub history uh that that street fight that you guys did that no holds barred anywhere anything goes kind of thing where you were you know hitting him with the stapler and dollar bills to his head and you guys were just killing each other out there so like what's it i guess if you can kind of answer both questions like kind of what's it been like knowing him for so long and what's it like you know actually wrestling in there in you know violent matches with this guy this guy that you consider a, fr- a longtime friend uh, 15 years of friendship for sure. Uh, he's my brother, um, best friend. Uh, I'd kill somebody for him without hesitation. Uh, but the match goes, man, we just, we understand that the line needs to be blurred. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, I mean, that's my whole thing is I like to blur the line. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you do a good job, man, because like even for someone like me, you know, I've just known Jesse for a few years and I knew that you guys were friends. But like even knowing the backstory kind of of you guys, even just a little bit that I do, the lines were blurred for even me as a fan of Sup. like standing there. I actually picked up those dollar bills off the ground that were in Jesse's head at one point and handed them to him afterwards. I, so even for me, somebody that like kind of knows a little bit behind the curtain kind of stuff, the the lines were even blurred for me. So you guys did a great job, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. So so like later on, man. So like you know, you do the the training when you're younger. You're, you're taking the bumps out in the front yard, out in the heat, and then you get back into it around four years ago. Did you go back through like another training process where you were working with you know new guys, or like how did that kind of all restart about four years ago for you? came back and forth so like when we wasn't playing a lot of shows or anything i i got up with a guy named uh he was sean fatal at the time but he goes by william brewer now which he's my tag partner in the death dealers we work out of uh twe in chattanooga with Jaden and them but uh i always came back and forth and wrestled with him just because it was familiar uh, i was familiar with him and they could just go and do a one-off show and he could work me and it would just be fun and easy. And when I came back, uh, I didn't really, I mean, I got back in the ring and trained a little bit and, uh, Carrie was really big part into helping me. So was Nick Iggy, uh, Lee Byford or Uncle Biff. Like I give those three guys a lot of credit for like me coming back. And like when I came back, I wasn't even Brett Ison. I was, stupid fucking name it was Aaron Plague because I didn't look like anything like when I left the business I gained about 50 pounds I didn't have any hair anymore got tattoos 
so it was kind of just like a recreation process, but like I never really had any ring rust because I feel like you can get it, but like if if you stick to what you know, then it's not going to be an issue. Sure. So, so you mentioned you know <clears throat> Nick Iggy and um, Carrie Offal, of course, you know known as the Carnies. And I know that they they've had a big hand in helping a lot of people um, in this area and across the country. Um, but you know, with my podcast especially, I hear pretty much everyone I talk to at some point or another credits the Carnies for helping them out. And you had basically a feud for the last year with the Carnies within SUP. What was it like wrestling those guys pretty much for a full year and essentially destroying them one after another? Uh, it's always good because they're always broadening their horizon and they're learning more. So what they learn in turn, they turn around and teach their kids. Uh, I've known Carrie way longer than a lot of people just because I knew him before wrestling. We actually used to go to metal, hardcore, and punk shows together. That's how me, him, and Jesse all met. Uh, but it was awesome to get to work those guys on a, on a bigger scale than just like say Tullahoma or Lewisburg, just on a local level. Like SUP is local for me just because of the distance, but like versus them versus the eyes that are on SUP now, it meant a lot more. And I know that we could, we told a very, very well story and it was just, it was very real the hatred is there because the history is there. It's, I love both of those guys and they've helped me more than they'll ever know. And just like last night, Carrie brought in B-Boy at Crux. He, he's just always helping. When they say the heart and soul of Tennessee, it's true. Well, I wanted to ask you about that. How was that match with B-Boy? Uh, that's Sunday. Oh, that's Sunday. I just do it did a uh, seminar with him last night. Uh, he's got one today at PWF and then he does another one Sunday, but he, B-Boy is, Benny, he's a good dude. Like just down to earth. He was, I learned a lot of shit that I didn't know. Learned a lot of stuff that I, like I wanted to know stuff that I'm not good at. And he was all for it. Uh, it was one of the better seminars that I've done for sure. Okay, good, good deal. Because I've seen you on Twitter, you know, it, it seemed like you were pretty excited to be working with him. Yeah. I am for sure. He's, uh, he's one of my heroes, so. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome, man. You can't beat that. Um, you know, speaking of other guys that you're friends with, you know, you talk about the Carnies, guys that have helped you out. Um, O'Shea Edwards is another guy, another friend of the podcast here, and he, uh, he's somebody, obviously, you know, for people that follow SUP, a lot of the people that listen to my show are SUP fans, so. I like to, you know, I'm I'm assuming you guys kind of are, are up to date, and if you aren't, check out the shows on Powerbomb TV. They're fantastic. Um, you and O'Shea Edwards were part of the Music City Murders uh, SCI weekend this year, along with Kurt Stallion. Um, you win the Subgraps Bonestorm Championship, and then you turn on him. Um, and I know you guys have had kind of a long history of, of teaming together and friendship. Um, what was that all about, man, uh, turning on O'Shea right after winning the belt? If you guys listen carefully to what he says when he's given that heart-to-heart brother speech, the last line he says, if anybody deserves this more than you, then fuck him. O'Shea's my dude. 
he understands that he deserves that belt as well. So do I. So I fucked him. Oh, man. I didn't even think about it like that. So I wonder, I mean, obviously that's building towards something. Do you have any kind of, because I know, so we'll talk about this now, and I know it's public knowledge. You're going to be wrestling Nick Gage at, at SUP. Um, obviously, yeah. so your next title offense, you know, will not be um, O'Shea Edwards, you know, within the SUP, you know, universe, because we do have the big Nick Gage match coming up. What is it like knowing you're going to be wrestling this guy? Is Nick Gage someone you've ever been in the ring with before? No, man, I don't. I've had the pleasure of watching him on DVD and streaming sites and shit. That's that's it. Uh, I've never met the man. Heard a lot about him, obviously. But uh, he's actually one of those guys that's on my bucket list. Uh, I got to get through B-Boy Sunday first, and then if I win, then I wrestle Nick Gage for the Bone Storm Championship. But I know it is going to be violent and it is going to be very very real and i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to it too man and you know this is really kind of the best time you could be wrestling him too i mean he's got so much buzz online coming off that you know the crazy stuff he was doing with david arquette that that went i mean my dad who's not even a fan of professional wrestling was sending me text messages like oh my god did you see what happened to david arquette so it's like even like the mainstream public is aware of nick gage right now so i think it's a really big deal uh right now especially for you to have a high profile match against him oh yeah that's for sure uh my dad actually when all that arquette shit happened he texts me the next morning he goes aren't you working Nick Gage? <laughs> Within the next, you know, I was like, that's uh, the first show of SUP of the year. And he goes, all right, I trust you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you should. Oh my God, dude. Well, well, I, I mean, do you have any thoughts on the, the David Arquette, Nick Gage stuff? Because from, from what I understand and from what I've seen, it looks like, it looks like kind of what, what went wrong in that match was more so because of David Arquette's inexperience. Like, he didn't really know exactly what to expect out of being in a death match. And I think I think during it, it he really just freaked out and, like, realized how real it really was. Um, what are your thoughts as somebody who's, you know, a, a part of the business and somebody who's going to be in the ring with, with Nick Gage? Uh, what did you kind of think about that whole thing with David Arquette? He got in there on, what, three days' notice, I think. Uh, I definitely don't think he knew everything that was going to happen. So, him panicking, if that was what the case was, then I could totally understand that, and him bleeding that much, because when your blood's pumping and your heart's pumping, it's going to pump all the blood. So it's going to cause you to bleed more, and that turned him to wig out more. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it, I mean, he came out and apologized and everything and was taking full blame for it. So, I mean, I appreciate that on his standpoint because I know deathmatch wrestling gets a bad rap anyway. I, it shouldn't because when it's done well, it's very... It, it's like anything else in wrestling. It's perception's reality, and art is subjective, and people are gonna like it, and some people aren't. Right. Sure. Well, so like, so with David Arquette, do you think that him being, 
just your own personal opinion, no right or wrong answer, of course. Like, do you do you like his involvement in independent wrestling? Because it's like one of those really crazy things, right? Like when we were growing up, this guy was, you know, a, a joke of a WCW champion. But like he was involved in the business at that point. Ready to Rumble was actually a pretty big movie at the time. Um, and now it's like he's come back at a you know much older age, of course, and he's working independent shows. Is this something that you that you don't really care one way or another about, or is it something that you think gives the business like a bad rap, or, or is it something that you think is good for the business? I really don't care because he's not involved with me directly, even though I'm pretty sure he's stabbed. <laughs> right? Yeah, could be. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's people that's always that comes in this business and for the wrong reasons. And I believe he actually loves this business. So I don't really mind him being in it. Whether, like, whether he sucks in the ring or not. Like, if this was his dream, then for sure do it. Because who's to say that he can do it and we can't, you know? Sure. So, I mean, I really don't care. I mean, it doesn't affect me. So, yeah, no, I, li- I like that perspective. I'm the same kind of way, man. If there's something, if it's something going on that doesn't really affect me and it isn't, you know, hurting anyone else, like, yeah, if it's his dream to do this, then by all means, I have no problem with it either. Um, I just thought it'd be interesting kind of knowing, you know, because I don't really know what many people's opinions of it are because, you know, it's just one of those just crazy things. Like, you just never in a million years would have really expected to see it. Like, you know, David Arquette versus Nick Gage in a death match. Like, what? What? <laughs> so. Yeah, man, what a weird year it's been in wrestling. Um, it's only going to continue to get weird. <laughs> <laughs> we got about a month left. Yeah, yeah, and then 2019, I can't even imagine what's going to happen next year, man. And I'd imagine it's going to, you know, what I'm really looking forward to the most, uh, probably of 2019, Brett, is that, you know, SCI weekend this past year, the basement east here in Asheville, Tennessee was packed out. I mean, just packed out. I think they, they came close to having to turn people away at the door. I'm really looking forward to seeing, like, around that time next year, what it looks like inside that building. Because I, it's one of those things that, like, watching SUP grow from, like, this little kind of... I mean, it is local, of course, and it's, it's independent, and it's it's... In the grand scheme of things, it's a small promotion, but the gradual growth of this thing has been incredible. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't want to say mind-blowing because I believe the talent and the people that work behind the scenes and stuff, like, everybody has, like, that one mission, and we all know what it is. Uh, I didn't think it was going to take off the way that it has, but I can sure as fuck tell you I'm, I appreciate it and appreciate all the support we get. Uh, like, getting compared to the old ECW was just, it's one of those things that you want to hear as a child. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's... Like... We don't... It just, it's very well done. I love the DIY feel that we have it just it reminds me of like the whole like uh hardcore and punk and metal shows i used to go to like and i don't want to say our crowd isn't a wrestling crowd 
but they aren't the normal wrestling crowd to me. Like what I, I deal with around here in Tennessee. It's not that Southern go insert terrible 40 miler name go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, also, I think part of that has to do, and, and I, I like it for this reason where, uh, like at the venues, at the Basement East, you know, you have to be a, a 21 or older even just to get in the door. So, like, you know, you're there, like for myself, I'll speak for myself. I go in there. I drink alcohol. I have a good time. It's fun to, you know, yell at the at the wrestlers and high five people. And like, it, it's just a lot of fun. And it's a different vibe completely than like if I was to go to like the Nashville Fairgrounds for like a family friendly show, which of course, you know, I have a good time at those too, but it's a completely different thing. And being like an old ECW feel is, is really what I get from that. And it's something that I appreciate from a fan perspective because you know, growing up a fan of ECW, you know, I never thought that, you know, at this age, I'd be kind of like re it's like my love for all of this is like coming back. It's like the more and more that I dislike kind of what the WWE and the mainstream wrestling products are doing. These things like SUP have come around right at the right time to like keep my love of wrestling. That's exactly, man. There's always alternatives. Yeah, man, for sure. I also wanted to ask you something uh, about uh, your, re- your relationship with the Sobros Network because uh, I recently joined on with those guys. Great team of people. Uh, they sponsor the sub shows, and I know that they also uh, have a hand in your merchandise, which I actually am wearing one of your uh, one of your shirts right now, as a matter of fact, from the Sobros shop. So people definitely check that out if you listen to the show. Um, what's your relationship been with those guys from uh, from Sobros? Did you know them from beforehand, or is it something that like you kind of got to know them through Sub? Uh, I knew Mosley before uh, he joined them, so I met all those guys through him. And the whole thing with the them being my only place you can get my shirt, SobroShop.com, Brad Eisen. Boom. Uh, they literally just made me a shirt off a graphic that I designed and just brought it to me. And then I had a business meeting with two of those gentlemen, which they are all lovely, lovely human beings. Uh, we talked the numbers and we came upon an agreement and I like them because they are local boys. They know what they like. They support and, like I said, they're lovely human beings. They wanted to help me out, and I appreciate any help I get in this business. Uh, because I was really slacking on merch, because people would ask me left and right, where can I get your shirts? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm heel a lot of times, and I know in this day and age you need to sell merchandise, but I was always just the way I was brought into business. I kept it heel and didn't keep my stuff with me. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing now is like the heels are, you know, are cool, you know, a lot of the time, oh, like, yeah. you know, so it's, it's like, you know, even though you, you, you want to, you know, pull off the whole, you know, make people hate you kind of thing. Oh. It's also cool to be able to represent someone like Brett Eisen or someone like Kurt Stallion. It is kind of out and about, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, man. All right, so since we don't have a whole lot of time, and I wanted to ask you a little bit about MMA before we got out of here, because I know you're oh, a fan definitely. of the UFC. 
Um, and I don't get to talk about this as much with, uh, with wrestlers. Usually when I'm talking to wrestlers, we're talking wrestling, talking to fighters, we're talking fighting. So, uh, kind of bridge the two worlds real quick. Who are you a fan of, like, in MMA? Like, like coming up, was there some guys that you were big fans of? Like, who do you like now? Kind of, what are you into, uh, MMA-wise right now? Uh, I've been, I think I've been watching UFC about the same amount of time I have for wrestling. So like ninety three, ninety four, I think is the last when I actually remember watching wrestling and UFC because didn't the first one happen in like ninety four? Yeah. But uh, from who I like standpoint wise, like my dad was always a big Tito Ortiz fan, and like I mean, of course, of all like the the great guys like Gracie and all those guys, uh, Coleman. Uh, I was a really big. Like, I watched Pride a lot, too, when I was younger. I liked Shogun a lot. But, like, now that's still active because all my favorites, uh, I like Pitbull, Andre Orlovsky. Uh Donald Cerrone is my dude. He's my go-to. I was always a really big Chris Lieben fan. Uh, who else? I like Stylebender just because he's what he does. He's awesome. I like Overeem, even though a lot of people don't like him. <laughs> uh, John Jones is still the best in the world. So <laughs> yeah, dude, you're, it's so funny. You're like <clears throat> we're like we're like twins when it comes to this stuff. He's like you're naming all my dudes. Like 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 I got into it around the same time. Um, I discovered uh the UFC actually because I would rent pro wrestling VHS tapes from Blockbuster. And then they started loading like the lower uh shelf with MMA, you know. So, so like that was kind of the the, the era we grew up in was like, what is the basically what happened with me was I knew about like Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn and that kind of stuff oh, through yeah. pro wrestling, right? And then you start seeing these guys' faces on other on other VHS boxes, and you're like, wait a second, is this the fighting that they keep talking about on the TV? And then oh, like. Yeah. Oh my god! But those were my guys, man. Like Tito Ortiz, like really was like I was into it. But then Tito Ortiz was really like the most, the most like pro wrestler character kind of guy at the time. Oh, yeah, trash talk, man. Right, exactly. And and you know he did all the taunts and he'd come out with like the t the custom t shirts, making fun of his opponents and stuff. And I love that you mentioned Chris Lieben because Chris Lieben's my favorite middleweight fighter of all time, and he does not get enough love, man. No, he doesn't, man. He was a technical brawler for sure, and towards the tail end of it, he started uh, figuring out other stuff, and then you know how it is. You go on a three-fight losing streak, Damon and whoever else is going to fucking cut you. Right. But, man, because I remember the Vanderlei fight. <laughs> I remember I went to Buffalo Wild Wings just for that, and literally, I think it was first round. Literally, I got up and just left my money on the table and left because I was like, I don't have to see anything else. <laughs> yeah, that was a fast one. I think th- I think that fight ended in the first exchange. Like they just they went toe to toe and it was done within like a minute. Yeah. Um, that was a lot of fun to watch, and especially you know mentioning Vanderlei and say that you're a fan of Pride. You know that was my favorite company back in the day as well. I was a, a huge fan of the guys you mentioned, like Shogun and. Uh, you know, I loved Mirko Krokop. He was he was my guy back then. Oh, yeah. Uh but those were so such fun times, man, to to be a fan. 
Uh, did you by chance catch, you know, Chris Lieben just recently did a bare knuckle boxing fight uh, about two weeks ago and beat Phil Baroni. I don't know if you got to catch that. Oh, yeah. Phil charged him and he counterpunched for, a, <laughs> I think it was a left hook over the top. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Baroni was like, I don't know what was going on. He was like grappling him in a in a fight where you weren't allowed to grapple. It was very odd to watch. But it was great to see Chris Lieben uh, get a win because, like I was saying, I mean, I I'm a fan of the guy and you know what's also cool about him is uh you know he does he does officiating now he's actually one of the the in cage uh judge or um uh referees now which is pretty crazy yeah I follow him on Facebook and stuff and I seen that he does ref and stuff I'm glad he's still involved even though like he's not like doing like fighting professionally I don't remember why he stopped was it like just health concerns well I think it was a mixture of a, a lot of things his you know, because he was known as a guy who could just take every punch, you know, like he, he could walk through anything and, and continue to fight. And after a while, he started going down, Uh, you know, things were dropping him that normally wouldn't. And I think that mixed in with the fact that I know he had like some substance abuse and alcohol oh, issues yeah. and stuff. Um, And I know he was moving a lot, too. Like he was like moving. He moved to like Hawaii for a while and then like moved back to the States and it. I think it was just a mixture of a lot of things, um, uh, yeah. you know. Personal, a bunch of personal shit. I know he went through a divorce and then all kinds of shit, man. <laughs> right. But hey, Chris Lieben, if you ever listen to this podcast, me and Brad Eisen are big fans, dude. Say what's up to yeah. us sometime on Twitter or something. Um, dude, all right, so a couple more minutes left. Got a couple more questions for you. Um, just kind of okay. generic, basic stuff that I want to always ask everybody. Um, what is your favorite match as a fan? Like whether it was when you were growing up or like something you may have seen recently as a, as strictly as a fan of professional wrestling, not somebody involved in the business. What is your favorite match of all time? All time. Uh, I would honestly probably say the first, uh, the tag team ladder match with Hardy's edge and Christian is like from like, child standpoint and like now standpoint my favorite match is probably quack and uh kingston from i think it's high noon at chikara oh okay i I just love everything about that match very cool very cool and then what about as a wrestler what's your favorite match that you've been a part of ah me Um, i hold mine and jesse's real close just because of the how personal it was, and then uh, I've wrestled Tonka, and that was really cool. Where did you wrestle Tonka at? Uh, ASW in Lewisburg. That's uh, why he was he was a super cool dude. But I would probably say me and Marco right now, just because of how special that moment is to me, and. Marco just such a he's so different like I know he's a little guy and like they get sometimes they get shitty raps and stuff but he literally has something that others don't and I if Marco if you're listening to this I love you dude and I hope you get better really quick yeah uh, cause that, that was shitty I hated waking up and seeing that dude yeah it- 
for anyone listening that may not know what we're talking about, Marco was recently injured. He it completely broke his leg, right? That that was like the main injury was was his leg. Uh, fibula, fibula, I think is what the bone, like the backbone, not the shin bone, but the one behind it is the one that he broke. Ugh. And I don't know if he did he do it on the Canadian destroyer. Is that where he actually got hurt? Because I because I seen yeah. the clip. It was uh, they had like a table wedged in between. I think two stages maybe or something. And they did the destroyer, and when they flipped, he, they got a lot of rotation. His leg smacked whatever the wooden surface was, and I think it just snapped the bone in two, man. Oh, my gosh. So, yes, Marco, yes, if you're listening, man, everyone here at the Fight Talk podcast, we're all thinking about you, dude. And he's somebody, like like Brett's saying, you know, we get to see him here in Nashville, Tennessee, at the Basement East uh, at Southern Underground Pro Shows. But he's a guy who has blown up big time over the past year and he's kind of all over the place so injury happened at a bad time because he was you know doing so an injury never comes at a good time of course but like you know during this momentum it really sucks to see it happen but we all know he's going to come back better oh yeah i think i i I don't want to say it's going to help because of the injury but i think like i think it's gonna it doesn't matter when he comes back because he just he has what we call it and he's got so much charisma he just literally whenever he's in a room everybody's drawn to him he just he oozes charisma and it's it's awesome to watch i agree man i agree brett thanks so much for coming on man i really appreciate this and i want you to take this time to let anybody know I know we mentioned the Sobro shop, but feel free to mention it again. And, you know, anywhere else that people can find you, social media, all that good stuff, dude. Uh, social media-wise, on Facebook, I have a Facebook page. It's uh, facebook.com slash pitbullbrettison. On Twitter and Instagram, I'm at ironelbow88. And then sobroshop.com, and you can go and find Brett Ison. Pick up that Street Justice shirt. Uh, another one will probably be on there within a little while. My Tekken logo that's on my stuff. So nice. Yeah. So there you go, man. And thank you for having me on. Like I said, I apologize for last week. Dude, no worries. Thanks again for coming on, dude. And I will see you. Um, if I don't see you beforehand, uh, you know, happy holidays. Hope you have a good, happy new year and all that good stuff. And I will see you in person. I don't know when the next sub show is, but I'll be there when you wrestle Nick Gage. Uh, January 20th at the Basement East, Brett Eisen versus Nick Gage. Get your tickets now. Hell yeah, get your tickets right now. Thanks again, Brett. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. No problem, man. Thank you. Bye. All right, everybody. Thank you once again to Brett Eisen for coming on the show. That was great. He's a guy that I've been wanting to talk to for a long time. Um, And we talk, you know, in person at these sub shows, but... Uh, first time we've talked on the podcast, and like I said, it's been a long time coming. Uh, really, really appreciate his time. And he is the champion of my favorite professional wrestling promotion on the planet, uh, Southern Underground Pro. Can't say enough good things about it. Love it. Love what Brett's doing. And uh, thanks once again for coming on the show, dude. Anybody else who's listening, thank you very much for uh, for being a fan of the show. Thank you for listening to this episode. And if you liked it, please feel free to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podomatic, really wherever you can. And please leave me a five-star rating. Rating and a review helps a lot. I know I say it all the time, but it is the truth. It takes like three seconds, and it really helps the podcast out. 
If you want to support the podcast even more, I have merchandise available at whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. Got different colors, uh, designs, t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, all that good stuff. Any money I make on that website goes right back into the podcast and into my Twitch channel. My Twitch channel, of course, is Fight Talk underscore. That's twitch.tv slash Fight Talk underscore. Same as my Twitter, which is Fight Talk underscore. F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. If you're a fan of video games, definitely check out my Twitch channel. I'm on there playing WWE 2K19, UFC 3, Fortnite, uh, Madden, pretty much anything you think of. I'll game on there and I'm on camera. The game's on camera. I have a chat screen so I can see every, everything that everyone's saying. It's real interactive. It's a lot of fun. And I always do them before UFC events. Although it won't today because there's a UFC event on, uh, on Friday night, which is the day that I'm recording this. Although it will be on there tomorrow, uh, before the, uh, the UFC show Saturday night. So uh, if you happen to hear this on Friday or Saturday morning, then feel free to check out my Twitch channel on Saturday afternoon when I go live. Uh, anything else that I can think of? I think that's pretty much it. Oh, you know what, guys? I'm starting a new podcast this weekend. I'll be joining Fightful.com's select service. It's going to be called the Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. I'll be doing reviews of each week's Ring of Honor TV, Impact Wrestling TV. I'll be doing the latest Being the Elite reviews, as well as anything that the NWA puts out. So, and I'll also be doing uh, NXT spoilers also for their taping results. So I'll be doing that every week starting this weekend, and that'll be available at Fightful.com under their select service. The first episode will be available free without having to be a part of the select service. So check it out, and if you enjoy it, feel free to uh, sign up. It's super cheap, and it helps support Fightful.com as well as myself. So definitely check that out if you're a fan of pro wrestling. I'm going to mention my sponsors, and then we're going to get on out of here, guys. Uh, I want to thank... First of all, WrestleRumble.com. WrestleRumble.com is the place to be for all fantasy pick'em contests for pro wrestling. A lot of cash and prizes always on the line at WrestleRumble.com. Be sure to check out their website and follow them on Twitter to stay up to date with all their contests on Twitter at WrestleRumble. Also want to give a shout out to Heroes and Legends. Heroes and Legends is a professional wrestling collectible and memorabilia company that specializes in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autographed memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling memorabilia. Be sure to check them out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at HL Pro Wrestling. And last but never least, shout out to my brother, Brian Jensen. He is a professional boxing coach, corner man. He's a personal trainer. He can help you get in better shape, learn how to throw hands, lose weight, whatever it is. He can help you out. If you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area or even nearby, he can meet you up in person. Or if you are not nearby, he can help you remotely. Just hit him up on Instagram at Atlanta Boxing Coach. Once again, that is at Atlanta Boxing Coach, all spelled out as one word. Hit up Brian Jensen. He'll help you out, help you reach your goals. All right, guys. So like I mentioned, look out for the Fightful Select Weekender podcast uh, this weekend. And I don't know when I'll be back next with the Fight Talk podcast. Don't know uh, what the next episode is going to be. But either way, I'll be back soon.